0: From deep in the heart of Texas, it's time to chain fires from freedom with another episode of the CloverTac podcast. Listen in as we have a conversation with people from the firearm industry and community. Are you ready for the show? We are too. Let's go. What's up, crew? Welcome to another CloverTac podcast, July 7th, 2022. And uh, just a reminder, if you didn't catch it, this is going to be the second one in a row. We had one this week, Wednesday, and now Thursday. So check out the one yesterday, if you haven't already, from uh, Palmetto State Armory. That was a uh, pretty interesting conversation. But today, we're going to be talking about training. Got Austin in the house here with uh, Mattis. Going to bring him in shortly. Talk about the Blackbeard, the X10 Elite system, and just all the cool stuff that they have uh, done continue to do and, and have done over the years to uh, especially in the ammo crunch and everything that we've got now to to help move the ball forward uh, as it pertains to training before we bring austin in though just a real quick thank you to uh, those out there that are youtube channel members that are patreon patrons that shop clovertaccom slash shop and that super chat and Super thanks, because normally we do not, or typically we do not monetize these podcasts. It keeps us a little freer with what we can talk about and do. Uh, so thanks, because it's, it's the folks like you guys that help keep these things uh, going from week to week. Also, um, I say also, what else? I forgot something. Um, yeah, if you're joining us in replay, I should say, uh, thanks for joining in replay. Remember, wherever you're at, there's... Uh, always the comments down below. If you are out there and you are filing in live, remember you can kick in questions and all of that stuff out there in the live chat. We'll get to those relevant questions if you have them as we move forward. And if you're joining us live, you can also participate in the poll. Poll question for this podcast, how often do you dry fire every day, weekly, monthly, or rarely ever? And we'll check on that poll uh, toward the top of the hour here as we're closing out and uh, see where everything stands with that bloviation out of the way. Let's get Austin in here. How are you, man? Great. Great to see you, man. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Now you guys, um, you guys have been pretty much everywhere. You guys are at events all the time. Uh, we see you all over the place doing all kinds of cool things. And, uh, so I guess that's part of the game with getting the name out there and the products out there uh, and all that stuff. Right.
1: Yep. Yep. I mean, we, I guess you could call us evangelists, not just about our products, but of, <laughs> but of training, of training in general. Right. Um, it, it, it's the, it's called the less sexy part of gun ownership, but probably the most crucial part of gun ownership. And uh, can only communicate so much about what we do, about what we're, tr- what we're trying to accomplish, you know, over pixels and bytes on the internet. So we like to do a lot of in-person stuff customers, get hands-on uh, our products, get hands-on other training products to help kind of spread the good word about how amazingly and fun and interesting training can be.
0: <laughs> right. right. Now, have you guys seen an uptick over the last couple of years with, uh, you know, with the coop and uh, ammo shortage and all of that? Uh, I know you've been around much longer than that, but have you seen an uptick in uh, people using the products?
1: Yes. So uh, but it's hard to distill from the just the general trend, you know. We, we've we've seen steady growth since we uh, started um, during the Trump. Well, there was a common mean once Trump was elected. There was a, kind of a Trump slump, right? There's a lot of fear-based right. that led up to that. Once he came into office, there was a big drop off amongst the industry as a whole because um, there, there wasn't the same you know fear-based uh, purchasing decisions on. We were into that, and you know, I, I we're not a, a fear-based purchase per se. Uh, we're not a political purchase. Um, and since we're still relatively new in the industry, I think there's just been lots of growing upside that's happened ever since. So leading up to and through the, the, the Trump election, we've seen solid growth. COVID put the gas on the whole industry or poured, poured gas on the fire, I should say, for the whole industry. Um, just a lot of uncertainty and doubt and people realizing that the guns they have um, probably are insufficient in achieving their purpose if the person behind the gun is incompetent at utilizing them properly. So. Right. Uh, so everything, you know, the whole industry as a, as a whole saw a big swelling. Um, now what happened is about a year at uh, a year after COVID hit, there's a cliff that kind of dropped off and I'd say the industry as a whole has, has come down quite a bit. We've continued to, to grow through that, um, uh, because we continue to launch new products, continue to gain awareness, and exposure of our existing products. And we just continue to, like I say, said earlier, evangelize the good word about dry fire training and about live fire training and about training in general.
0: Mm-hmm. Right now, with uh, with the cough came, you know, the supply side issues and everything else. Um, and semiconductors, I know, was a was a big deal with with you guys and being a lot of you know really heavy on the electronic side of things. Did that affect you guys in any way with uh, your manufacturers and your production?
1: Great question. So all of our stuff is made here in the U.S. We do all the we source you know components from different suppliers. Right. In the US. Um, But we do all the assembly here in Illinois, all the shipping, testing, QA, QC, all the engineering design happens out of here. Um, When the whole electronic ship shortage issue happened, we were not immune to that. Uh, We got ahead of the curve a little bit, um, but it was so unpredictable for a long period of time that it required a significant cash outlay just to buy up inventory that was out there as well as some engineering, say gymnastics that we had to do. So what we decided to do instead of, you know, having so many uh, boards in stock, we extended our window to have, you know, a much larger portion in stock so that there was a delay, which there were and are still delays instead of getting chips in two months. It might take six to eight months now. So now we have wow. longer inventory times to, to be able to, to buffer that up a little bit. The other thing we realized is that some components that we use, didn't have any lead time. Basically the market said, this is out of stock. We have no idea when we're gonna have more in stock. So we can't even do any planning around there. So our engineering team, what they had to do is gymnastics. So we had to do a bunch of redesigns, taking basically, you know, here's a sample board that we have a board and saying, okay, well, we're using, you know, these 15 different components for this and whatnot. Um, But you know, this one's out of stock and we don't have no lead time. I'm gonna go find out, find a replacement component that's in stock somewhere in the market, buy a bunch of those, and I'm going to redesign my board around that component and then do a production run. And then, okay, now that one's not on the market, so what else is on the market? Let's, let's find that component and do a design around that component and do a production run. So we had to do just a lot of, of hoop jumping uh, that kind of interrupts our overall design process because we're redesigning an existing product that isn't really changing, but we're just changing to kind of absorb what the market conditions are dictating at that point in time. Right. Uh, so fortunately we, we made it through where there were some times when, you know, there was a two week period. I remember where we had no inventory in stock and we we're sweating bullets and hoping customers would be patient with us as we, but that was the, the biggest gap we had was only two weeks and I'm super proud of the team. They were awesome. Um, really mm-hmm. putting out a lot of really working hard to ensure that we did not end our service to our customers. We're pretty right. now knock on, knock on wood. Uh, hopeful that the, you know, the, the chip shortage is largely over. And plus, our larger inventory
0: should be be enough to weather the storm. Right. Well, that's awesome that you guys got ahead of it. Now with the with the redesigns you were talking about, um, did you guys figure out anything or learn anything that maybe helped the overall quality or function of the products in, in those redesigns? Uh,
1: those particular redesigns, not not so much. Um, I will okay. say that we do design our product re, do redesigns on our products based off of you know, in-field stuff that's happening that we haven't caught through our extensive testing process in-house. Um, okay. So, you know, if you bought an X10 today, it might be the hardware inside is slightly different than the X10 that you bought six months ago. Now, functionality on the surface looks identical, but inside we're making small tweaks here and there to make sure that we're taking care of, you know, okay, we noticed t- this type of situation has this type of response, you know, for 1% of our customers or half percent of our customers. Well, let's make right. this change to be able to fix that so we don't have to deal with that. So the customer doesn't have to deal with that in the future.
0: Right. Gotcha. Now I noticed the whiteboard behind you. That's that's I've, I've looked at it as I've blown you up on the screen. here. <laughs> um, that gives me a headache. Is that something you can talk about? What is all of that gibberish?
1: Good question. I should probably like gray that out or green screen it or something, but um,
0: you know, it's it's interesting. I, I like it. It just, it just sparks the question. It's like, good Lord. What, what is all of that? Is that the software yeah. side of things or the hardware or, or is that your honeydew list?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, there's some of that. You know, I, I I would say that there is. It's not immune from family involvement. So if you look over here, I think that's a note from my my daughter. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and then right above there is is a note from another one of my daughters. Um, all vying for favorite child status. But most of the stuff behind me is, you know, we're we're, we're pretty idea centric and uh-huh. pretty. A lot of ideas flow, and so we're right. chatting about we people to say, draw it out, sketch it out real quick, and. You know, I think this board is better organized. Uh, well, over time, it's just gotten messier and messier because you got to find a smaller space, and any available right. white to, to put something in. People say, "Well, why don't you just, you know, erase it, and start over?" Well, there's some legacy there, but also stuff's been on there so long, some of it that you can't erase it anymore. <laughs> so, right. at some point, I probably get a new whiteboard and just put it over the top of it. You know, kind of like when you, when you change your bed sheets, rather than washing the old ones, you just put a new one on top, right? Right. Just just go um, to a new one.
0: Yeah. That's a and that's a great idea. I mean, I think a lot of us use that technique. I mean, I don't, I don't particularly use a whiteboard. I've got them for that, but yeah, there's something about jotting down an idea, something about physically writing it down. Yes, you can put it into your phone. Yes, you can type it into a computer. But there's something about writing it down that um, it sticks a little more in your brain. I think yeah uh, when you when you do that, and plus if it's in a place like a whiteboard where you're you know you're able to go back and look at it and you're seeing it on a constant basis, so that's kind of that's kind of neat. Um, for those folks that are that are that are filing in, that are joining, that may not know about the company, do you mind talking about the company itself, the beginnings, and uh, kind of what led up to today, uh, as far yeah. as the uh, the idea of the the legacy products that you started with and how all that worked?
1: Yeah, happy to do so. So it all started with a personal problem. You know, we all got ninety-nine problems, and, and shooting's one of them, right? Um, <laughs> right we all think we're better at shooting than uh, we actually are. We, we blame the gun, we blame the sights, we blame the ammo, blame the weather, but we rarely blame ourselves. Um, but the reality is uh, we're the problem. I'm not straight facts, man, just spitting straight facts here. Oh yeah. And yeah. so uh, years ago we're in Illinois and uh, went to concealed carry class when, it, you know, the Supreme court ruled that it was unconstitutional for Illinois to ban it. And uh, was one of the first in the class. And, and, as part of the class here in Illinois, you have to do a shooting qualification and it's not a difficult qualification it, it's quite simple but uh you have to do it nonetheless. and remember the instructor of the class uh coming up after i did the qualification and he's like well this is what you're doing wrong this is what you're doing wrong five or six on the on the shooting line at one time and and he wasn't by me when i was shooting i said well how do you know that i'm doing that wrong and he said well I'm just look at the target i can tell what you're doing wrong and i said well in my head i'm thinking I get. It. I mean, that, that, that's kind of all we've had to go off of is, is tradition. Look at the target, right, and say, okay, well, I missed, so stop doing that, or I hit it, so keep doing more of that. But that's about the extent that it goes. Um, but you know, the data geek inside of us was was kind of like, well, isn't there a better way to get quantitative analysis on our shooting? Yep. Because if I'm say coaching somebody on how to shoot a basketball, for instance, or how to swing a golf club. Like, I might be looking where the ball's going, but I'm watching the shooter. I'm watching the golfer. I'm watching the basketball player. I'm watching to see how their wrists, their hips, their stance, their swing, all that kind of stuff, is, their follow through, all that stuff is, is happening. And because if you get all those pieces right, if you get the technique right, then the ball takes care of itself. It goes where it's supposed to go. Right. Right. Where you make minor shifts from there to, to tweak, um, you know, the, the quote unquote aim in those, in those analogies to make it work or make it go where you want it to go. Um, So we're like, well, isn't there a better way to get, again, this quantitative data that can analyze and provide useful information on our shooting? Because any other sport, you you watch it, you listen to it, you play it, there's data, massive amounts of data, but not for the shooting sports. For whatever reason, it's just been kind of ignored. So we decided, well, we want more data on our shooting, so we're going to build something that might help our shooting. So we built a prototype just to see if it would be helpful or useful, or see what data would be helpful or useful, because data – can be interesting, but we want it to be useful. Right. And I think that's, that's the risk you get into when you're looking at data-driven analysis. You look at pretty graphs and pictures, and you feel something inside, but the question is, does this actually help me improve? Mm-hmm. And so we want to make it not just interesting, like I said, but actually useful. So built our first version. This is uh, what we call the OGX. We we did some R&D on it starting in 2014, um, pushed it out. end the very end of 2015, really didn't start marketing much until 2016, 2017 because you know, a large portion of the product is really software. Um, right. and so we want to make sure we get the software experience, right? So yeah, we pushed it out. Yeah, we sold it, but we're just iterating super quickly on feedback from users, feedback from ourselves to make it better and better and better before we really pushed it harder on a marketing front. Mm-hmm. Then, right. This is the first version, uh, super robust, super awesome, very well received. Uh, our systems, I guess, for those that don't know, our core system is the Mantisac system, and, it, and it, this is a small, the small rail, rail mount device that attaches to a gun, typically the Picatinny rail or an adapter that we have, and it collects and analyzes movement patterns of the gun throughout the shot process before, during, and after the shot. And it sends that information via Bluetooth to an app on a smartphone or tablet that gives real-time feedback on shooting technique. So rather than looking at the target and saying, did you hit or miss, we tell you the story of why you missed and how to correct it.
0: So right. it has diagnostics
1: and a- analytics on your shooting, but then also real-time coaching and feedback specific to the movement patterns that it sees in your shooting. Yep. So it's a, 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 a different approach, very, very different approach than what traditional training has been, right? It's like I said earlier, right. it's, it's look at the target and say, if you missed, stop doing that. If you hit, yeah. keep doing more of that. And we're saying, well, where's the how help? Do you,
0: like, yeah, how do you know, know, know what to do or what not to do, right? And with the, exactly. with the software, it shows you a visual of, well, I'm, I'm moving left or right here. Or I'm moving up and down this way, or maybe I'm canting or, you know, whatever the case may be.
1: Yep, exactly right. So it gives you all the information to be able to diagnose your your actual shooting behavior. Yep. Um, and then it quantifies and scores your technique, which is, again, different. We're used to scoring targets. Did I get a 10, did I get a 9, did I hit the A zone or the, the C zone, whatever. Well, we say we're going to quantify our technique. So regardless of where you hit, how good is your technique? So we can isolate yeah. shooter techniques from other extraneous factors that could impact uh, shooting. Because, you know, it's a lot of people, they will tend to aim high right because when they shoot, they pull the gun low left. Right. So Kentucky windage right. in there and they make adjustments. But in a real life shooting situation, you can't you can't do these mental calculations in your head. Right. Your technique there is right. there or it's not. So you got to ingrain this in right. muscle memory. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's a little bit of the history of where we started our original version. Uh, I won't get too verbose on stuff, but a few years later, we launched our second generation, um, which is, the, you know, the X10 is one of those, like you talked about. Yeah. This is the original one. We launched the, our second generation one. Uh, this is the second generation one.
0: Like, like everything, it got smaller. <laughs> it got smaller.
1: It got smaller, lighter, longer battery life, more powerful. Technology evolves, right? Always right. in our favor. Um, so we launched that. We launched a few different versions, too, to try to help out people, you know, a, a lower-cost version that maybe are a little more cost-conscious that wanted fewer features um, but still wanted some tremendous training benefit from it as well as introducing some new features that had never been seen before or since in terms of data analysis um, as well as extending it to additional platforms. So we it works on pistols, rifles, shotguns, and even archery. So if it's something that shoots... If you're something that shoots things, then we have a product that help you uh, that will help you shoot better.
0: Yeah, I've used um, I've used mine more for archery than anything else. Oh really? Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, and it. Um, in fact, I think the only videos I've done on it, I don't think I've ever even done any videos with firearms. I've done it all. There's so many people doing it with firearms. I mean, you've got so many people that utilize the system and, and they're out there and archery i seen was a big passion of mine, but it's also an underserved market when it comes to the, to the manna stuff. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go this route. <laughs> and one of the reasons is like you were talking about, I was a youth shooting sports coach in, in all disciplines for, for many years. And, um, you know, archery being a passion and and so getting that quantitative data you're talking about, you know, I would always film my students. Right. Uh, and then we would go back and look at the tape, kind of like a football game. Right. The coach goes back and looks at the game footage and oh, we did this wrong and we did that wrong, but there's subtle movements and subtle things that you can't always tell on a, on a video or a picture. Um, and also different people, And different, not only different shooters, different archers, but different equipment sometimes will perform differently as well. So one thing that I I noticed right away is like for me, in archery, follow through is, is typically really important. I mean, you teach good follow through, but I realized with my bow and the release I was using, once I was able to start quantifying that data, I'm like, you know what? My follow through doesn't matter as much as it would on something else. I was able to visually see that. Right. And so I don't have to worry so much about my follow through. I can narrow down the, the certain things that I need to work on more or pay more attention to. And I know now that's not a huge issue. So, um, yeah, and it works the same. I've, I've used it primarily for me with archery and shotgunning. Uh, and the follow through and cause when you break that trigger, when you're shotgunning, it is just, it's tough, especially if you're not an inherent shotgunner and I'm not a good shotgunner by any stretch of the imagination. When you break that trigger, if you're into precision mode, follow through, you stop in precision mode, right? If the trigger breaks, you hold for a second. And you know, and then you're good. And you don't do that with shotgunning. You break that trigger, but you got to keep moving. And so, uh, yeah, the graphs and everything that uh, that data that you get is really amazing. But that's one of the things I wanted to to definitely hit you up on and let you know that I've I've really enjoyed the archery. If there's people out there that are looking to get better at archery, um, the Manus is without a doubt that X10 Elite is a is a fabulous. Fabulous product for doing that, and uh, I lucked out. You know, you've got the uh, you talked about the mounts. If a lot of people don't know, um, you know, obviously it rail mounts uh, inherently, but you guys also also offer a stick-on little rail section. Um, I was lucky enough that my bow, I've got a pick rail on my bow, so um, I didn't even have to use that. I could just throw it on there, calibrate it, and, and go, which was which was super nice. That's awesome. So do you shoot compound or recurve? Shoot primarily compound.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What you pointed out, I think, is, is an interesting point about data. So we do a lot of stuff with the data that, to automatically, you know, add heuristic smart coaching layers to the experience. But what it really does is you know, we aren't God. We don't have all knowing eyes. But the, the data is true. Right. So we the data does not lie. I'm um, bored. Right. Shooters to do is again take our layers that we put on there. But it allows shooters to also analyze their own stuff more easily, more effectively, because mm-hmm. you have no idea if there's something wrong or right or what the impact has. A lot happens when that shot goes off, be it a, a, a shot, a firearm or a bow. The human eye just can't sample fast enough. Our sample rate of our human eye is a fraction of what Mantis's, of what Mantis's sample rate is. Right. And so if you're looking at right. detecting... You know, those micro movements that you couldn't pick up with the human eye, you need some some technology to, to kind of bridge that gap. Otherwise, what happens is our mind tries to interpolate yeah. um, between two points and it makes up stories to try to make sense of it
0: all. Um, right. which we over, we correct. overthink it a lot of times, right?
1: Yeah, it could be incorrect or it could be correct, but we don't know. Um, but we we, we we make up this myth and then we act on that myth and, and hope that, you know, the action confirms our theory. But, you know, that's a, that's a laborious process. Right, uh, most just just to go with the data, see what the data tells us, and, and believe the story that it tells us.
0: Well, it, you know, it, and there's another thing. So you have people out there, and I'm sure you've heard this a lot. They go, "Oh, you know, I don't like the Glock. I don't like the grip angle. I don't shoot that grip angle well." Or people with a 1911, I inherently do not shoot a 1911 typically as well as as some of the other stuff. I really like the deep cut on it, like a CZ and and that type of thing. Um, but the mana system. Like it doesn't care, right? It <laughs> doesn't care what it's on. It's just giving you the data. Right. So my point is you say, I don't shoot this particular firearm as well. The manus can potentially tell you why that is right. It's like, maybe it's a little bit front heavy. Maybe it's, you know, maybe the grip is a little bit thicker. And so you've got more movement side to side or, you know, something like that. So it, it may not be, you know, it, I guess it can help you to figure out how to shoot other things that you otherwise maybe wouldn't, wouldn't think about, uh, be able to shoot those a little better. Like when you go out to the range and you pick those up now, you know, right. Instead of, it's kind of like the example you gave of, of the Kentucky windage. Oh, I'm going to aim a little bit high. Right. Well, now, you know, when you pick up that Glock or that 1911, it's like, well, I got to relax my grip a little bit, or I need to grip this a little higher or a little lower or whatever the case may be.
1: Right, absolutely right. In fact, uh, there was an interesting thing we discovered a couple of years ago. Specifically, you brought up Glocks. Um, there's, you look at the internet, and the internet will tell you that Glocks shoot left, right. <laughs> and uh, and the question is, well, is there any veracity to that? Because if that's true, like that's 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 bad Glock. <laughs> so right. call the on and say, uh, we got we got we to fix something here. Right. Um, but we we got together with a guy a local here in Chicago who's a, a firearms instructor and. Figured out using the mantis what the problem really is, and the truth is that Glocks do shoot left for right-handed shooters if some condition is not satisfied, and it's often a, a very common position or a common condition that occurs. So, uh, Glocks have in the in the frame of the lower, um, they don't have a cutout above the trigger. Um, so, and I wish I could show you, but we can't show on the channel, obviously. But um, what happens when you have a high grip, when it sits high on the frame, like like you want it to, right? So you're, you're high up there, um, yep. your, your trigger finger, when it presses on the trigger, it actually slightly rubs the frame right. um, with, with the side of the index finger. And that can push the gun left as you're pulling the trigger. Yep. Um, and you're able to see that in the Mantis. So everything looks great, your sights lined up, you have a solid hole, no movement there. When you squeeze that trigger, you see this very distinct movement left. Um, mm-hmm. and we distilled down, obviously it's from the geometry of the frame. And can you work around that? Absolutely. You just put your, the, the uh, tip of the finger lower on the trigger, or we have a little bit of a lower grip. Um, but it both it confirmed and denied the fact that glocks shoot left and yep. explained exactly in which situations it would and which situations it would not. Um, right. so again, the data does not lie. It's agnostic. It doesn't care about your feelings. <laughs> it's a humble pie machine. It'll tell you stuff you want to know. It'll tell you stuff you don't want to know, but whatever it tells you is the truth. Um, but, but it's, but it's nice about it. There's no derogatory language inside the software. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. That Joe out there talking about the Glock, he said, finger on the trigger guard and your offhand usually fixes that. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that, that is, that is true. Yeah. So you can can Um, counteract the force. You
1: have a tighter grip that can counteract it. There's, there's things you can do, but ideally you don't have, you know, you don't, you don't want to think about that, right? Mm -hmm. You just want to have it be a, a solid, um, condition of your technique that says i'm not going to pull it in such a way or i'm not going to have to compensate for it in such a way to, to counteract the the deviation from my side of position
0: right right what was the um let's 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 grab a question real quick we were talking about archery earlier but roll call out there it says will it work for a crossbow or just a compound now i'm going to answer this and then we'll let austin that it'll work for whatever basically you can stick it on um <laughs> I uh, I have used it on with the uh, with the adapter on a recurve as well, um, but yeah, uh, so yeah what are, what are your thoughts with the, with the crossbow? Yeah,
1: so it'll on a crossbow. Now the archery app. So there's different. There's a pistol rifle app, a shotgun app, and a archery app. So you got to connect mm-hmm. the right app to get the right diagnostics and analytics. Um, a crossbow is, is like a rifle. It basically is a rifle from right. all in, from all intents and purposes. And so if you use the pistol rifle app you put it in rifle mode, it'll give you rifle specific analytics and diagnostics. Um, It's going to be with pictures of rifle and whatnot. It won't be a picture of a crossbow, but you can apply the learnings there to crossbow. So yes, it works on a crossbow. Um, It's not specifically spelled out and and descriptive of that experience, but you can absolutely use it on a crossbow. Mm,
0: Yeah. Yeah. You kind of got to figure out what that data means um, a little bit, right? Because the, the crossbow, obviously the, the recoil pulse and all of that stuff is going to be a little bit different. Uh, All of that's going to, it's going to affect your readout. So there'll be a little bit of playing around with it. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I mean, when I, when I got the Manus S X10 Elite, and I'm sure there's probably been updates since then, and I should probably update Um, as far as archery, the, the software, as far as the data collection, the software was wonderful. As far as the interpretations and the help that was built in on the archery side, um, it wasn't that great. Now, I've got a pretty good background in archery, and so having the data was the biggest thing for me. Um, has, has the software end progressed to the point where you guys have gotten more tips and tricks yep. and solutions and things yeah. in there? Yeah, so,
1: yeah. so I, I, I don't remember the exact release date, but probably four or five months ago. Mm -hmm. Um, we pushed an update that had diagnostics and analytics in there. So in addition to giving you the raw data, it tells you, Hey, you know, you're, you're torquing the the bow or you're punching the release or just different diagnostics like that.
0: Right. Right. Good. So we're going to get into, let's get into a few of the products here we've talked about. Obviously the flagship is the, um, it's the Manus X. Um, you guys have the um, the Blackbeard, which is interesting. Uh, Auto trigger reset. I've been playing around with that the last uh, couple of weeks or so, and that's interesting. So, where did the idea come up? You know, for that. I mean, what what was your thinking along those lines when you guys said, "Hey, we need to do this," and and that particular design? Because for those that don't know, it's a two piece design. You replace the bolt carrier group charging handle. And then the battery pack that works is the magazine, which I think is, is kind of neat. Um, I like it for the reason. Uh, and I think I said this on the video I did recently with it. It's a no brainer as far as safety when you're training, because you're not using the bolt carrier group and you're not using the magazine. So it's like, how could you possibly get around in the, in the chamber and make it go off? Right. Um, right. So I like that. But the, the ideas behind that, how long did y'all work on the uh, Blackbeard before you were able to bring it to market?
1: <laughs> Good question. So a lot of questions wrapped up in there. but oh, yeah. um, So the Blackbeard, for the folks that aren't familiar with it, is a trigger resetting system for AR-15 platform. So it's a drop-in, like you said, replacement for your bulk carrier group and charging handle. And then magazines the battery pack and, and enables you to pull that trigger. And instead of running the charging handle, it resets the hammer back for you automatically so that you're ready for the next shot. And it doesn't modify anything about how the trigger functions. It's the same weight, break, and reset of the trigger. Uh, so, it, and as fast as you can pull that thing, it resets it. So, uh, in addition to that, it also spits out a laser. So, your your actual firearm now becomes a training firearm. Momentary
0: so genesis laser. That, Momentary laser there. Momentary, yes. Say. Yes. Yeah. Momentary yeah. laser.
1: Uh, the genesis of the idea came from the reality that uh, we own AR 15s that we don't train with. That's the mm-hmm. sad reality. A lot of us own guns we don't train with. but AR-15s in particular. I think there's 30 or 40 million in the U.S., but it's rare to see even people change training, training with it. Um, and obviously, you, you don't see people at home. But you think about when was the last time? Well, we, we know that dry fire training is massively effective and massively cheap, massively effective, massively important to develop skills. But you, if you ask, if you're honest with yourself, say, well, when is the last time I did dry fire practice with my AR? You know, you're going to get a big nothing burger, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of a lot of issues there because you got to run the charging handle between shots. You got to break position. You got to, and it's just not fun, right? Cause you can take right. a shot, pull the trigger, break position, run the charging handle, get back in position, you know, aim, take your shot. It's just, it's just not fun. So mm-hmm. the reality is if we want people to train with the AR 15s, we need to make it a lot more easy, a lot more convenient and a lot more realistic. So, really designed the product for ourselves first and foremost to get our ar-15s out of the safe and in, into the training regimen and uh created that product um we wanted it again to be an easy drop in replacement you know 30 seconds or less which it is just pop the rear pin pull up yep. the rear group and charge and handle you're good to go um we wanted it to have a long battery life so we can run and gun for as long as we want to
0: was that the, was that was that the reason for the integration of the battery into the magazine so you could make that battery pack larger?
1: Yep Yeah. so
0: okay.
1: you can do 75,000 shots on a, on a charge and it's rechargeable. so right you you talk, you talk about running an afternoon of training um, you know you just pay for your blackbeard several times over with the amount of ammo that you're saving. right. Um, so we started working on that product in 2019. And we went through a bunch of prototypes, like anything. There's a, a whole graveyard full of uh, castaways, of uh, things that didn't work. Um, <laughs> I right. you know, took Edison a thousand tries to find the right filament for a light bulb. We didn't have that many tries, fortunately. But
0: What, were, of some of the, what were some of the hurdles you had?
1: Well, the problem that you have is that you are exerting a non-trivial force in a small area mm-hmm. in a very quick period of time um yeah so just the the core physics of that you know those things are kind of contrary to each other so you got to design something that can meet all three requirements is is pretty tough and then you you make it work for an ar-15 which is you know a standard platform um and and even mil spec is standard right but then you find out that mil spec isn't mil spec isn't mil spec and standard isn't standard isn't standard and Mm -hmm. you know different people design Air 15 is a little bit different. And so you make accommodations and there's triggers and everything else. Um, you know, it, <laughs> it's easy to look back and say, oh, yeah, that's how it should be designed. Um, but that's because you see how it's designed. But, right. But coming up from, uh, from scratch with that idea, you know, again, a hundred ideas are on the table and you, and you start trying them out and see what works and, you can do lots of theoretical calculations but until you actually build it you don't know if it's actually going to come to fruition
0: well uh, i noticed it doesn't allow the the hammer to fall all the way forward right right so so the hammer
1: falls and as soon as it hits
0: it as soon as it hits the
1: blackbeard it pushes it back and resets it
0: right so, but it, there's a but there's a it, it looks to me like you guys designed it there's a tipping point like obviously if your hammer had fallen all the way it would take more force right to break it back over and lock it into place where you guys are just allowing it to break enough for the trigger to break, right? Break enough that it, that it comes loose from the sear, and then it kicks it back down. So the black beard doesn't have to have quite as much power or force, or I don't know what the word is energy, right? To push that hammer back down. So uh, it's definitely an engineering marvel without a doubt.
1: Yeah. We got some great engineers that, that have worked that to death. Um, and and I would say there's, there's still internal redesigns that happen. Like we said, with all of our products, the blackberry you bought today isn't the same as the blackbird that was shipped a year ago, um, because we keep finding enhancements and improvements along the way. Um, but you're right. So it does not put, it doesn't allow the hammer to fall all the way forward. Um, because in that case it would require essentially, you know, something similar to the the bolt cycling, right. To reset that hammer, which is a massive, massive amount of energy. A lot of time, there are CO2 systems out there that cost several thousand dollars that do that. Um, but you know, who's going to, who's going to pay that kind of money to, to do driver training at home? Um, right. Not the average, exactly. like you and me, uh, right. So for a price point under 250 bucks, it's a, it's kind of a no brainer. And that's what we're shooting for is something that's very cost effective and real effective in terms of being able to train.
0: Mm-hmm. What, uh, what I was kind of curious about when, uh, when I got, uh, well, this one and I've got is would it work across any of the AR15s I've got because I'm a big fan of alternative calibers right I'm not I'm not really a five five six two two three guy uh, and I will say that regardless of caliber now they're all AR15 platform not AR10 but regardless of caliber it works in every single one of them which I thought was kind of neat
1: I thought that's fantastic and and for those that Aren't the AR-15 platform? Uh, we do have a version for AR-10 coming out.
0: Nice. We have a version
1: for the six-hour MCX coming out. It uses a very similar but slightly different bolt modification. Mm-hmm. We have uh, uh, for PCC pistol caliber carbine um, one model that's ready to go. But you know, there's lots of variants between manufacturer there, so there is not right. one size there. Um, but and then there's other stuff in the works coming down the pipeline as well. So our hope is to enable. Dry fire, make dry fire great again for the rifle platform as well as the pistol platform.
0: Well, and when you're talking about a system, so for those that are unaware, go you know they can always go check out the website or, or just you know Google foo or YouTube uh, you know some videos on the Blackbeard. But um, with the AR-15 platform, you've got the bolt carrier group that goes in, and then mag the magazine inserts from the bottom. In this case, the magazine is the battery pack which fires it, and they meet up right so I can see how in other models of firearms where the bolt is not directly over that magazine in the same way it is in the, in the ar 15 platform, how that could be a a hurdle just to get power to the, to the darn thing. Right. Let alone the engineering of making the the hammer reset. Right. So any, um, I'm going to throw this question out there to you because this is what I was curious about. I mean, a lot of people are using, um, Ruger ten twenty twos or the Ruger ten twenty two platform in custom rifles. Have y'all looked into anything like that? A lot of people shoot those for, uh, you know, steel challenge, speed steel, and all kinds of other things. Uh, is that something y'all are at least looking into?
1: Yeah, hey, great question. So our current, how I would describe our current product offerings, though they're they're not small. Um, right. The iceberg. All right. So there's a lot of stuff in the works, a lot of stuff coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people that are spending a lot of money in ammo, a lot of time at the range saying, you know what, if I can do this at home and save myself time, save myself money, or just make my time at the range more effective, uh, please help me out, Mantis. So we're working as hard as we can to, to serve as many people as possible. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you've got all the engineering and all the, the hurdles that, that come with that, of course. Um, right. Getting into, uh, into the products, Defense Dad here has got one. Uh, says, any plans to add a component to reset the slide automatically like some companies have? Uh, and Defense Dad said he has the Laser Academy system. Great uh, question. So, yeah, the, the basically that would be what he's getting at, I guess, is a black beard for handguns, right?
1: Right. Yep. So there's a cool fire trainer system out there that resets it cycles the slide for you using CO2. Mm-hmm. So you replace the barrel and it cycles the slide for you. I think they have an optional laser as well. So you can use it with our laser Academy system or, um, other, other laser based systems out there. Um, we are, yes, that's that we're working on it. That's a short answer. It's a, it's a very complex problem to do. A CO2 is affected because it has a lot of compressed energy. Um, the different right. of CO2 is that as the amount of CO2 decreases the, the speed and the consistency, um, you know, gets depleted as well. So the, the experience wanes over time. You got to refill it as well. So, you know, our, our trend has been uh, tackle the approach electromechanically. Um, right. And so that, that's a problem that we're, we are keen to solve for ourselves as well as for others that have that same problem.
0: Right. Um, yeah, it's like I'm sitting here thinking it's like I don't know how in the world how in the world you make something like that like that happen but i'm not an engineer so uh,
1: (laughs) yeah i mean it's kind of like blackbeard on steroids because you have a smaller space you Mm -hmm. have more force you have to move at a longer distance just as fast so it's a it's much more difficult problem than the blackbeard problem to solve
0: right uh got one more out here kevin out there he says what's the best one For the new gun owner so if you got and obviously we've got new firearm owners by the droves over the last few years i think that's why the products like you guys are putting out is is so important is to make sure that those folks uh do spend some time and train without breaking the bank on on ammo and god knows right now it's hard to get anyway um what would you recommend for the new gun owner
1: Great question. So I think a new gun owner has to realize that, Hey, you got to train, you got to train at home. You got to do dry fire training at home. So don't spend a bunch of money on ammo because you're going to go there. You're going to, you know, you got to also learn how to use it safely Um, before you go to the range and do something unsafe and get kicked off the range or, you know, have some sort of issue. So um, practice dry fire training at home. We have a dry fire only system for pistols and rifles called the X two. It's a hundred bucks, super cheap, super affordable. You know, that's an afternoon of shooting at the range. Uh, or, or an hour of shooting at the range, right? Um, it's, not, it's super cheap. And of course, you still got the device at the end of the day uh, that you can re- do repeated stuff. That'll give you all the analytics and diagnostics on your shooting, dry fire. It won't give you live fire analytics. We need the next version up for that. Um, but that's the super affordable option to go. Um, there, if you have larger funds, uh, the X10 is our premier uh, $250 product. It gives you everything. It's, it's the cat's meow. Um yeah. And so it'll not just take the, uh, say, introductory stuff or, or dry fire stuff. But it takes you through live fire as well as some of the more advanced shooting uh, capabilities that you want to develop over time. And we do have a, a trade-in program as well. So let's say you're, you're like, ah, I don't know how much I'm going to train. Start small with $100. Um, okay, do that. Get, get the $100 version. And if you want to advance your training to the next level, we have a trade-in program. You can trade in your old device, get a substantial wow. credit for the purchase of a, of a more expensive device as well. That's um, it nice. can, be in, can be in whatever condition we don't care we're really just trying to support you in, in, in elevating and advancing your training
0: well that's pretty cool that is uh <laughs> um yeah i don't know very many companies that, that offer something like that right because i mean what are you going to do if you get the if you get the thing back so you've already sold it now yeah. you're giving the credit and then you, yeah it's crazy it's maggie out there is how do you make dry fire fun? And uh, yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about here is, uh, you know, you said that earlier about, you know, getting people out there and um, there was a comment earlier and I missed it now, but he said, uh, whoever was out there said, yeah, I said, I just use the old penny, you know, on the barrel thing, you know, I can't afford, you know, all the fancy stuff. Um, and when you get into the MANA system and, and honestly, you know, you talked about a couple of other uh, different things and especially using things in conjunction with each other. Uh, I think it's great that you guys are moving the ball forward and working on bringing some of those other ideas and products in house with Manis because that's a one-stop shop. Right. And it just makes sense. Um, right. Why would I not want to go to Manus for all of my dry fire training needs, you know, instead of a piece here and a piece there and, and trying to figure all of this out. Um, but, I think that's the, the idea is to make it fun, uh, yeah, and interactive is. and, and that sort of stuff. There's nothing wrong with the penny on the barrel. It's, it's, it's a sound technique. It works, you know, to an extent, uh, but it doesn't give you the feedback that the, uh, that the X-10 is going to do. Um, and it's not going to be as fun as something like the, uh, the laser Academy, which we need to talk about. We haven't talked about that in depth yet.
1: Okay. Yeah, we'll talk about it in just a moment. I just want to make a comment about fun. You know, I would use the word, how do we make it satisfying and rewarding rather True. than fun per se, right? Because, I mean, fun fun is defined in different ways. And you can, uh, if I want to have fun, I can play a video game, right? Or I can um, go play a game. And, and there is some gamification to the app. But I would say the satisfaction that comes and what what, what you're really looking for is, is not just fun, but you're looking for an experience that's going to engage you and re-engage you and make you want to improve, make you want to train, right? Because if it's not fun, right. it'll, you know, it's drudgery, right?
0: So, well, and it's hard to, and it's hard to do that with just dry firing when you have, when you're getting no data out of it, right? Because at least if you're live firing, you've got a shot on paper, right? you got a, you've got a hole in the paper you can look at, but with right. dry fire, you've got nothing, except for maybe the exactly. penny not falling off, but it still doesn't tell you, you know, any kind of other data.
1: Right. Now what Mantis does is we quantify, like I said earlier, your technique. And so you get a score. And so are you have 75. Okay. Well, let's work to get that a 76 and a 77 and 78. So you're going to progress and you're going to see satisfaction. And again, that reward of knowing that your technique is improving. Uh, in addition to that, we have drills and courses. So there's a bunch of different drills, a bunch of different courses. So you have variety, right? Cause if you just do the penny, over and over and over, like you just get bored, right? But now I'm going to apply some some stress. Right. I'm going to apply some time stressors. I'm going to apply some accuracy stressors. Um, I'm going to apply some consistency stressors. Uh, we have courses in the app that uh, walk you through and they push you and they challenge you. And at the end, you get a virtual badge, but we also send you an actual physical patch in the mail for free at our cost once you've achieved that. So uh, nice. we want to reward those that are engaged in improving their their marksmanship training and we see that as this is a key way to do that. So just using the app itself is you'll, you will improve and you'll find satisfaction and reward from that. And then we send you little tokens to, to make it more fun and engaging. There's a a social, small social component of the app too, where you can compare and compete uh, with other people as well and see how well you're doing. So the competitive side, we all get a little competitive. That makes it fun and engaging as well.
0: Yep. No, absolutely. So the, uh, the laser Academy, what did, blazer academy add to the overall equation
1: great question so uh one thing that mantis does not give you is point of impact data so if you look at like where a bullet landed it's kind of like the last page of a book and mantis x systems tell you the whole story but it doesn't tell you where the bullet went um and that's that's something that we're very comfortable with that's we're very familiar with that concept that paradigm of the bullet land where i wanted it to go and there wasn't that equivalent in the dry fire practice like you said you can't you know, if you're not shooting something, then how do you know if you hit or missed? Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, and it's just a different dimension of shooting analysis. So there's a couple other products on the market that um, have a laser bullet that you drop in the chamber of a pistol or you can use it with Blackbeard that they have a momentary laser and then uses an an app, a separate app to read location of hits and misses on specific targets uh, to give you that feedback, give you the scoring and challenge you through drills and courses, et cetera. And, so we thought, hey, this is a dif- different dimension to, to tackle the dry fire piece of it. So we can work on kind of the, the back end um, piece of the technique, but we also some, some of the front end point of impact fun. So right. Man- Laser Academy introduces a lot of that capability, uh, also allows you to do, for instance, duels. So there's you can set up two targets, you have two shooters, and automatically you know runs you through drills and, and whatnot and lets you compete head to head against somebody else, oh, shooting side by side. So um, again, just a fun, engaging way to to really make dry fire fun and engaging, um, to make it interesting and, and improve proficiency.
0: Yeah, it's just adding another dynamic to it. And, and like I said, sounds sounds like it's all natural progression with what you guys are doing, which I think is is really cool. Is there anything that we've uh, that we've not talked about? We need to Austin.
1: Ooh. Um. I guess one thing. We alluded to this earlier, but um, most of the magic, or a lot of magic, is in the software itself. Uh-huh. So the app is free. People ask that all the time. Is it? Do I have to pay for this thing? Subscription? No subscription required. Um, all the updates are free. So if you bought your device, say back in 2016, six years ago, the the OG X, um, it will still work with the app today. But uh, the functionality, the functionality is. Is ten times what it was, or twenty times what it was six years ago, and you get all those upgrades for free. So, right, uh, we, we treat our customers kind of like how we want to be treated uh, in terms yep. of providing more and more value for for the investment that they've made.
0: Well, I'm guessing if somebody out there and they they're just now hearing this, uh, and they've got the OG, does is the upgrade the upgrade system the trade in system applicable on that as well?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we launched our Gen Twos. You know, the OGs, these things, we have people still using these six years later, right? Right. Um, right. And they're, they're, they're tanks. They hold it forever. But they're like, hey, I want the new features. I want the new hardware. I want a smaller footprint, whatnot. So we give right. this this uh, original one sells for or sold for 150 bucks, And we give those guys uh, that own one $100 credit towards wow. any system that they want, which yeah. is pretty outsized considering that we, we can't resell these. We don't.
0: Well, sell and, these. and yeah, considering how many years they've used it at this point, right? <laughs> To get right. uh, to get that much back, two thirds of the cost back. That's that's pretty amazing. Uh, I'm going to close out the poll, and we'll check on that uh, that here in just a second. But um, yeah, I mean, I you know I can't um, I can't say enough good about you know what you guys have done. And I mean, there's obviously fans out there in the live chat if you are listening in the replay, and you've got you know manna stuff, and you you like it, you love it. Definitely let us know. Give us some feedback down in the comments below. Um, but I'll, I like what you guys are doing. Uh, I do like the the, the company structure. You talked about that, whether it's the, tra- the, the trade-in programs. Um, being able to reach somebody and ask questions, I mean, that's, that's a huge deal with you guys too, right?
1: Yeah, and I would say um, if you have – I know there's a lot of Mantis users out there already. Um, our vision is that every, every shooter has a Mantis. In some way, shape, or form. But if you have questions, like we have, what I would argue is the best customer support, are none. Um, and we listen not only just to, com- to complaints, but to suggestions, to whatever. So every email, every text, every you know direct message on social media, we respond to, um, and we listen rapidly to customer feedback about new features and new functionality that they want. So if there's something that you're, you're using it for this and you want it to do that, like hit us up, send it over. Like we'll. we'll work that into the product roadmap if it seems to make sense for a lot of people. right? Um, and we love working with the community to continue to build things that provide value. Right.
0: Um, yeah. Let's go through the, uh, the poll here real quick. Uh, did close that out. Thank you to everybody that voted in that poll. Uh, how often do you dry fire? Was the question we've got uh, 32% say weekly, 32% say rarely ever, uh, 25% so uh, one in four every day and 10% monthly. So that looks like about at least 68% are doing it monthly and what, a little over half weekly. So uh, what do you think about that, Austin? I think that's not I, terrible. I would like to see the numbers higher, but uh, that's not horrible.
1: Honestly, I am proud of your audience. <laughs> like, I wish I could give you a, 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 a big, I'm proud of you. As, as a father type of thing for for folks to be <laughs> training that often weekly dry fire pr- over half doing at least weekly dry fire practice. That's impressive. Yeah. That's far none far exceeds what the industry as a whole sees. You know, a lot right. of people, you know, again, we own guns for lots of different reasons. Um, but if you believe in, in your second amendment rights, uh, you also probably need to believe in your second amendment responsibilities that with that yep. tool, you need to learn how to use that tool responsibly And that includes training. It's a perishable skill. It's not like riding a bike. If you don't use it, you will lose it. And so for me to see weekly drive-hard practice training kind of warms my little heart.
0: Right. Well, and I see opportunity, even though you got 32% out there in that poll that says rarely ever, maybe it's because they've done it and it hasn't been entertaining or engaging or fun or interesting or whatever. And Manus could be the solution for that. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's opportunity as well. Right. Right. Um, at some point, if you put a Manus in every firearm owner's hands, um, you guys better be coming up with new stuff. Otherwise, you go out of business really quick. <laughs> <laughs> so at that point, you're going to have to diversify the product line, right?
1: That's right. Well, we have a we have a couple of product releases I can't talk fully yet about, but they're pretty exciting um, in terms of new software capability and new hardware capability coming out. So um, nice. stay stay tuned to that because we're. One thing that I love about the people here, and I don't take credit for any of it, but um, really doing things that no one else is doing and analyzing things that no one else is analyzing is really just kind of our core uh, company culture. And so I'm super excited to bring to light some of the data that we've never been able to see that is really unlocking potential in shooters that we've never been able to unlock before. And this Mm is, uh, you know, our mission, like I said earlier, is to help every shooter at every level improve, and that's a new shooter to... Get it to the next level, and intermediate shooter get up to that next level, and we got the top end competitive shooters um, mm-hmm. using some of our stuff too, and and seeing absolute stunning results. Um, Lena like is one who used Blackbeard prior to winning nationals again this year, mm-hmm. um, eight time national champion, eight time you know, world champion, all that kind of stuff, and um, she still has stuff to improve on. And Blackbeard helped her train, uh, train for, and win nationals uh, yet again. So, yep. I'm super excited about the future and where we're headed and super excited to, to unlock more capability and, and, and functionality for existing and future Mantis owners.
0: Nice. Uh, well, Austin, that's, uh, I guess that's going to pretty much do it. We're up against the, uh, the top of the hour, pretty close here. Um, is there, uh, before we go, any, anything else you need to throw out there? Uh, and in the process of doing that, if people want to learn more, they want to reach out and, ask questions and that sort of thing. What's the best way for them to do that?
1: Yeah. So reach out to us via our, our website. Again, you get a, a, res, a very responsive answer. Um, you can hit us up on social media as well. You get responded to there. Uh, we love connecting with people at shows. So if you're, if there's a, you know, going to NRA show or USCCA show or SHOT show, um, we'd love to connect in person and, and demo the product. Uh, hit up your local dealers. A lot of dealers carry it and they'll do demos. We provide, a, we provide all our, our, all of our brick and mortar dealers with, uh, demo kits so they can demo it in store for folks and they can get the yep. hands-on experience. Um, but really just let us know how we can help you out. We're here to serve you.
0: Sounds good. Uh, Austin, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us today, man. Appreciate it. Information overload for sure. And uh, <laughs> you're welcome back as those new products you're talking about uh, come down the line. Let me know. We'll get you back on and uh, talk about uh, all of the new stuff. I will do that. So thanks for you bet man have enjoyed it uh for those that uh have watched live have thrown questions out there have done everything else in engaging thank you very much appreciate that uh again special thanks to those that make these possible which are the youtube channel members the patreon patrons those that shop clovertech.com shop and those that super chat and or super thanks thank you to everybody who participated in that poll was awesome and if you're in replay uh, thanks as well because there's some people that can't make it live I get it, you've lasted 56-7 minutes Something like that now You're a uh, you're a trooper Remember you can always get with us in the comments below As for this one though, we are done So until next time, don't forget To change our freedom We appreciate the Patreon patrons And YouTube channel members Who keep these podcasts going If you're looking for cool stickers Patches and other gear Be sure to check out CloverTack.com. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the CloverTac Podcast.